What's up, Buttercup? Justin Michael of DNBR Rams here, and I've got to tell you about Mike and Virginia Chevalier, We're not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they've supported DNBR for a long, long time as DNBR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. And luckily for you, they want to pass down some of that knowledge. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets, and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing the home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, your, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR sugar hat when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. That's 970-412-2472 or dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. If anybody hasn't read this article, I don't read it. This was brought to me by a mother of children. I think this is worth reading. Let me tell you why I want to talk about this article. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. It's fiction. And this article embarrasses me to be involved with athletics tremendously. And that article had to have been written by a person that doesn't have a child and has never had a child that's had their heart broken and come home upset and had to deal with the child when he is upset and kick a person when he's down. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class. He's respectful to the media. He's respectful to the public, and he's a good kid, and he's not a professional athlete, and he doesn't deserve to be kicked when he's down. If you have a child someday, you'll understand how it feels, but you obviously don't have a child. I do. If your child goes down the street and somebody makes fun of him because he dropped a pass in a pickup game or says he's fat, and he comes home crying to his mom, you'd understand. But you haven't had that. But someday you will. And when your child comes home, you'll understand. If you want to go after an athlete, one of my athletes, you go after one that doesn't do the right things. You don't downgrade him because he does everything right and may not play as well on Saturday. And you let us make that decision. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Attacking an amateur athlete for doing everything right. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right and downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Or our coaches. We're writing about a kid that does everything right, that's heart's broken, and then say that the coaches said he was scared. That ain't true. 
and then to say that we made that decision because Donovan Woods, because he threatened to transfer, that's not true. So get your facts straight. And I hope someday you have a child and somebody downgrades them and belittles them and you have to look them in the eye and say, you know what, it's okay. They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. Who's the kid here? Who's the kid here? Are you kidding me? That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. Makes me want to puke. Happy anniversary, folks. We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. And I had to do it. I had to, I had to play the entire rant in its entirety on the 13-year anniversary of Mike Gundy's truly, truly post-game, just epic post-game rant. I can't imagine what had to be going through the mind of the reporters when, you know, it's, it's awkward when a coach antagonizes you. I don't care what anyone says. You know, you don't, at the end of the day, it's, it's part of the business. You know, they're going to, they're going to clash with you a little bit at times because if you're not being hypo, you know, if you're not being critical at times, I almost said if you're not being hypocritical, if you're not being critical at times, you know, you're not really doing your job as a media member. And so just, you know, by the nature of the business, there are times where, you know, your relationship with the coaches, it's not necessarily going to be the best. They're not, you know, they're not going to like something you said on the radio or they're not going to like something that you wrote in a newspaper and it's in, in this particular situation. But God, just, I mean, it would be kind of an honor to be, to be the person that causes one of the truly epic rants. I've never had anything even close to this. I mean, Larry Stacy at times would give some weird answers. He'd go off on these crazy long tangents. Most of the time, that was just him deflecting and using 10 minutes of talk to waste a press conference and not actually have to say anything of substance. But I mean, it would be, it would be crazy to ask something that truly sparks a response like Mike Gundy's, which was just so genuine, so, so raw. Hilarious. I mean, absolutely hilarious. But... I just had to play it. I don't know. I probably should have cut it down a little bit, but I'm, I'm, there's, not in, there's not a point in that entire rant where I'm not completely hooked. And that's the thing about all of those great football coach rants, whether it's you know the, the Herm Edwards, hello, you play to win the game, or the Coastal Carolina coach back in the day, you know, we, we need more dogs, not kitty cats. It's just crazy. I, I, I love college football. And, and that's why I'm so excited to talk about college football today. It seems like the Mountain West is back. It seems like we back, baby. I'm going to get into all of that. I'm going to, you know, give my instant analysis, break down what my thoughts were. Uh, when I saw some of these reports now, it's technically not a guarantee that the Mountain West is going to come back and play football at this point. But just based on everything that's come out, based on the momentum, at this point, I'd be highly, highly surprised if they didn't end up playing football. It just... It'd be weird. I mean, ADs are pretty strategic about this type of stuff. And I just, I don't think they would be floating so much information if they didn't actually believe that there was, you know, enough positive momentum, enough, you know, traction to play, if you will. It's, it just would be a weird look, you know, to, to have all this talk and everybody excited again. And then, you know, actually, uh, we're going to stay put and not play. That just, that would be really surprising to me. But I'm going to get into all of that and more. I'm going to talk about, uh, just, you know, what my initial questions are in terms of the Mountain West playing, um, in terms of just like how strict rules are going to be and stuff like that. Uh, but before I get into all that, I did briefly 
want to start with a new segment. And that was kind of intentional with why I did the the Gandhi quote. Um, I'm, I'm going to do it from a CSU perspective, though. And this seems like a no brainer, but I'm going to I'm going to start doing a segment called on this day in Rams history. Pretty, you know, self-explanatory on that one. Just going to, you know, go on various days, not necessarily going to do it every single day, but pretty frequently just, you know, a, a, a quick segment where I just talk about something significant that happened on that day in terms of CSU. It's generally going to be related to football at this time of year. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about volleyball, other sports, basketball, obviously, once we get into the winter. I just think it's a fun way to kind of go down memory row, a memory lane, memory row. Is that even a phrase? I don't know. But I, I, th- I think it should just be an easy way to kind of learn about the past, some positive memories, some negative, as you will see today. I just think it'll be fun. So today's a good way to kick it off and let's get started. September 22nd, 2007 provided us with one of the most epic post-game football rants of all time from Mike Gundy, but that day was also significant for a lot of reasons. As I talked about in detail a couple weeks back, that was actually the turning point in what was what I consider to be the craziest college football season of all time. 2007 was absolutely absurd, uh, back when the BCS still existed, which Honestly, I really wish there would have been a college football playoff just because to see, you know, West Virginia and some of these teams that ultimately just kind of screwed the pooch on their way to, to you know, what should have been a national championship season. I think it would have been really interesting to see how all of that would play out uh, in a playoff format. But anyways, you know, getting back on track here, September 22nd, 2007, also significant from a CSU perspective, not, you know, super significant. It's not the uh, the biggest day in Rams history. It's actually been a, a kind of a frustrating day uh, since the year 2000, CSU is 0-4 on this date. And specifically on that 2007 day, they lost to Houston. And that game was, was significant for a variety of reasons. Uh, I really viewed it kind of as the turning point in what ended up being a really tough, tough season for the Rams obviously ended up being Sonny Lubick's final season. They, they got up by double digits in that game. It was right after they'd blown a winnable game against Cal, who at one point actually made it all the way up to number two in the rankings. And it was just one of those where you, you lose a tight game and then things just started to, to kind of compound from there. You know, you lose 38-27 to Houston. They go on to finish three and nine. Just a crappy, crappy way to send off one of the greatest head coaches of all time. I'm not really going to go over in great detail because I, you know, obviously just talked about that a lot about two weeks ago. Other significant moments to occur on September 22nd in CSU history. Uh, They lost to San Diego State in 2001, 14-7. Really good Rams team in 2007. That was actually a pretty significant game in in the long scheme of things. Uh, fell 31-19 in 2012 to Utah State. The Jim McElwain-led Rams lost that one. You actually have to go all the way back to 1990 if you want to find the last time that CSU won on this state. Um, they won against UTEP, 38-20. to The Rams had a, a really successful year that year, went on to finish 9-4, and and win the Freedom Bowl versus Oregon, one of the more significant moments in Colorado State football history. It it sounds kind of crazy to say, 
But that was CSU's first ever bowl win and, and only their second ever bowl appearance. So pretty, pretty crazy to just kind of look at all that stuff. And, you know, now 30 years later, just one, how fast time flies. But I don't know. I just think it's fun. I think it's kind of cool to talk about all this different stuff. And I think it'll be a nice way to just kind of keep connected and, you know, keep the different generations up to date with all things CSU. Uh, if you're a younger listener, I, I do think my my podcast demographic probably probably is a little bit older in general alumni. Uh, but for the younger bucks out there, hopefully they can learn something. And and for the people that actually experienced it, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a fun way to just kind of remember those moments. Because after all, that's what makes being a, a CSU fan and a college football fan so great. All the moments that we have, all the memories we make along the way. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to move on. I, I didn't actually talk about the 2018 loss on September 22nd. That was when CSU lost 35-19 to 19 to Illinois State. Uh, really disappointing. First ever loss in the Ag uniforms. First loss to a non-FBS team since 2012, I believe. Um, after the game, Mike Bobo actually apologized to CSU Ram fans. That's, that's how bad it was. Um, I'm going to play some of that audio for you before we move on here. So here is that audio from Mike Bobo talking about Western Illinois in the final segment, final part, I should say, of our new segment on this day in Rams history. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to apologize to all our Ram fans that came out to support us today. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was an embarrassment, you know, for our football team. We're not very good right now. That's the bottom line. We're not very good. You know, we got to figure out some things to do over this next bye week. I think it's coming at the right time. And we got to get some guys on the, pl- on the field uh, to do what they're coached to do. We got to coach better. And all that starts with me as the head coach. Uh, and it was embarrassment today uh, for everybody out there that uh, is a Ram fan and a supporter. Uh, all I can say is we're going to, you know, go back to work, and that probably falls on deaf ears. But we got to handle ourselves in that room and figure out what we can do to put ourselves in a position to compete. Back to the podcast in just a second, but first a word from our partner, DraftKings Sportsbook. Week two of football is in the books, and now is the time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 3, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you can cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all you MMA fans the same great offer to use this weekend for UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 3, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win, that's win $100 on a $1 bet when you use the promo code DNVR during sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we back, and we back, and we back. That's right. We're back. The Mountain West is back. We're not dead. We're not dead yet, at least. 80s, they met on Monday, according to Pete Thamel. According to that same tweet, school presidents have a meeting scheduled on Thursday. Potentially, not officially, but potentially, there's going to be a vote to return to play. ADs are optimistic that the Mountain West could return to play on October 24th, playing eight-game schedule, culminating with a Mountain West title game on December 19th. Huge. Huge for so many reasons. For the programs that potentially could finish near the top, this gives them a chance to contend for New Year's Six Bowls, maybe even the college football playoff. As I wrote, you know, that's much, much less likely. You know, it's it's pretty much impossible for G5 schools to get in the playoff as is without the benefit of playing a non-conference slate to boost their resume basically just throw it out the window. It's it's pretty much impossible at that point. Unless, you know, unless something super fluky happens where you just for some reason all of the major schools cannibalize each other or like they can't play cuz of covid, I don't know. Maybe that way the Emmanuel's team could sneak in, but obviously the the New Year's Six Bowl is a, is a huge thing and and you know, kind of like what I talked about last week, it's just not, you know, slipping into irrelevancy, which can happen really, really fast. It's it's not a perfect comparison, but where I went to high school, Bear was was Bear Creek. It's in Jefferson County. You know, if, if you're a local, you probably heard of it. It's a pretty big high school. Historically it was always 5A. It was a program that when it was coached by Tom Thanell, the football program, they they went to the playoffs like 20 something straight years. Just the definition of consistency, you know, they weren't they weren't a Valor Christian or, you know, a Cherry Creek, but they were always going to make the playoffs. They were always going to be competitive. You know, I'll never forget being a freshman in high school and and uh, actually beating a top-ranked Columbine team 42-0 to zero and just dominating them, man, just dominating them. And now, now Bear Creek's 4A. I think they were potentially flirting with dropping down to 3A at one point. And and this is this is far from a perfect comparison, but... It's just an example of how fast your status can change. I mean, I only graduated high school in 2013. At that point, Bear Creek was slipping, but they were still firmly a 5A program to think in a seven-year span that, you know, they would go from being a team that expected to make the playoffs every single year in in 5A to, you know, barely even being competitive at the 4A level. It's, It's insane. You know, 2011, Justin definitely would not have believed it. Maybe 2013, Justin would have believed it. I don't know. I, I didn't have the most school spirit. Um, but it's just, it just shows how quickly things can change. And college football is obviously no different. You know, it, it's been a long time since that 2014 season when all that positive momentum, you know, the top 25 ranking, everybody's talking about getting out of the Mountain West, going to the Big 12. You know, it's, it's so great to be a CSU Ram. You know, that all that positivity hasn't completely gone away. Getting the new stadium helped, you know, that kept some of the positive momentum, even though, even though, you know, the Rams weren't exactly living up to those expectations of 
jumping out of the mountain west and going on to greener pastures seven and six every year is well it's seven and six it's you know meh it's average and and now just of course you know coming off of these back-to-back losing seasons you got a new coaching staff for csu it's really really important to get back out on the field to try to put some of that negative stuff behind them to try and you know remind everyone fort collins is a pop in place csu is a great university you know this is a, a a program that can contend, that can be relevant, that can win big games, that can be exciting, that can do all of those things. But first, you got to have the opportunity to compete in the first place. And if the Mountain West wasn't going to play this fall, they just, you know, it was going to be completely out of their control. I don't have big, lofty, or absurd expectations or anything like that. I've I've talked a lot about the talent that's in this program, and I, I do think that this is a team that should be expected to be competitive and finish in the top third of the Mountain West Conference, even with everything that's happened, even with the lack of practice, even with you know losing Warren Jackson and you know losing a technically you know last year's starting quarterback to the SEC. Colin Hill obviously going to go start in South Carolina. Shout out to him. I just think it's really, really important for CSU to start building some positive traction and building some positive momentum and, you know, just getting back on track because you don't want to drop down. You know, it, it happens quickly. It, it just, it's crazy how fast a team can just become completely irrelevant. Look at New Mexico. I mean, UNLV, a lot of these programs, they weren't, you know, they were never national championship contenders or, you know, the best of the West or anything like that. But New Mexico was at least you know, a competitive football program for a lot of years. And basically for a decade straight, they've just been completely inept. And you always worry that that could happen locally. You know, I don't think that's going to happen with CSU. Um, I really don't. But you never know. You never know. I, I never expected it with Bear Creek. I never, you know, thought they would be such a, <sighs> such a disappointing program all these years later. So I'm just excited that there, it looks like there's going to be football. That's, that's my biggest takeaway, but I have a bunch of takeaways and I'll get into those. This was some of this stuff was kind of <laughs> off the top of my head. I wasn't planning on top talking about Bear Creek. I have a bunch of other points, but it kind of flowed well. I thought it, I thought it made sense. <laughs> um, here, here's something that, that kind of jumps to mind with this schedule. There's almost no flexibility and that's kind of concerning because you know, it, it hasn't been the smoothest ride here in the first month. There have been some, a substantial amount of cancellations with college football. And part of me thinks, you know, if, if everybody just would have been patient and, you know, waited for some of this rapid testing to develop, all of the leagues could have started around the end of October. And maybe there wouldn't have been so many hitches right off the bat, but obviously, you know, hindsight is, is 2020 and it's pretty easy for me to say that now, especially considering the the same leagues that are securing some of the rapid testing, the Big Ten, potentially the Pac-12, Mountain West, you know, they they weren't going to play. It really didn't look like they were going to play. So it, it's just easy to say some of this stuff in hindsight. One of the things that that I'm I'm really curious about, you know, along with flexibility, what what happens if teams can't play games? Are they just going to, is it just going to count as forfeits? Do they try and reschedule it? How does that all work? What about, you know, rosters? How many positive tests until you have to cancel? What about coaches? Will there be any fans? All of these, you know, these are all things that come to mind. But right now, I'm just like, football. 
we'll figure out all the small things. Football is back. And I know that 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 probably makes me seem a little bit small minded. And and I do want to be very respectful. I understand that, you know, we are still living in a pandemic. Things are still very seriously. And I'm not trying to minimize anything. But I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a football guy through and through. And I'm not going to lie, like I'm not excited. And I just I think these student athletes deserve an opportunity to compete if they can do it safely. You know, safely is the big is the big caveat there. It's got to be done right. And it's it's clear that they took some time and, and they're going to be testing frequently, not daily, but frequently. And, and they're going to do what they can to try and make this work. But, you know, 97% of CSU student athletes opted into play. I think you got to at least give them a shot to play, at least try. I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to make it through. I, I really don't know if they will, to be honest. Like it's, it's been kind of a roller coaster in this first month. I am optimistic with some of the rapid testing and the fact that the Mountain West has, you know, another five, six weeks to kind of figure some of this stuff all out. But it could, you know, very well get canceled after they try and start up again. COVID numbers certainly are not going down on on universities. So it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be new for all of us. I just think, especially given the fact that eligibility is is not counting towards, you know, that didn't make any sense, especially given that student athletes are, are not losing eligibility. Why not at least try? Why not, you know, give it, give it your best shot? Because let's be real, nobody's going to tune into a spring season if all the major leagues play in, in the fall. With, when, the, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were both considering playing in the spring, it really made sense for the Mountain West and the MAC to try and follow suit. You had the major leagues on your side, you know, you still seem like you're a major enough football conference, but, you know, you're still respecting how dangerous everything is. You know, it, it just, it made sense at that point. But now with everybody else playing in the fall, really, what would the point be? You're going to lose money either way. COVID's going to be a factor either way. If you can do it safely, you might as well try now when at least people are paying attention, when at least now you can still basically try and make lemonade out of lemons and, and make the best of a, a really crappy situation. It, it's not going to be great. I think, you know, at times the football is probably going to be sloppy just because, you know, it, it's been so weird and up and down in terms of being in practice and then being off for months at end. I think all of that, you know, it's going to be different with no energy, no fans, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, as we've seen with the first two weeks of some college football in the NFL, Some football is better than no football. And I'm just excited that we're going to have something to talk about locally because I'm not even going to lie. I I was pretty worried about what it was going to be like all winter trying to stretch all of this through. I just, oh man, I'm stoked. Football's back. We're back. I'm not going to have to keep talking about what if, what if. Let's roll. Obviously, it's not guaranteed yet. And I'm I'm getting excited here. I'm psyching myself up. I just... I don't know how they could go back on it now after all of this has already come out. I'm going to wrap up this episode just because I'm, I'm getting all hyped up now and, and I'm not even going to be coherent. But I will have some guests on throughout the week to kind of talk about the little nuances of this. It, it is going to be a process, you know. This is completely random, but one of the things I thought about when, when thinking about the Mountain West is how strict are they going to be with the coaches and the masks and stuff? Five NFL coaches got fined $100,000 each over the weekend for not wearing their masks all the time. 
Is the Mountain West going to be super strict with that? I've been watching college football, and the coaches definitely have not had their masks up all the time. They've been pretty good about it for the most part, especially when the cameras are on. But, you know, in, in the Western states, it, it's going to be a big optics thing. It really will. You know, there, there are a lot of people that are going to criticize the decision to play in a pandemic, and, you know, they, they have the right to do so. But that's kind of fuel to their fire if the coaches aren't wearing masks. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see just kind of how the league decides to, to pursue that, how they try to operate around roster restrictions, travel, all that stuff. A lot of details to figure out, and I'm going to talk about all of them throughout the week. But right now, I'm just excited. I'm going to enjoy the moment, and you should too. I hope everybody liked today's segment on this day in Rams history. If you have something that you want me to research and talk about, send it my way. I'm always open to suggestions. And uh, finally, we do have some open spots in the DNVR PS4 Madden Franchise League. It's a ton of fun. I play. There's a lot of really cool guys in there. It's a great way to just interact. Be a GM for a day. I don't know. It's fun. Shout out to all you. We will be back with more content throughout the week. Enjoy the moment. Football is coming back. The tide is turning. <laughs>